Hello and welcome to the From My Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Marcus, and we've got quite a few things to get into today. Um, and let's just start there. Let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl champion offensive tackle Lane Johnson, and what he said about the New England Patriots. Lane Johnson called the New England Patriots a fear-based organization. And he talked about how much fun the Eagles have and how loose they are, but I don't really know where he's getting his information from. He's never set foot in the Patriots facility, as far as I know. He was drafted by Philly in 2013 has been there ever since. And is he probably getting his information from LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long, former Patriots last season who actually won the Super Bowl? I don't know why winning the Super Bowl can't be fun. But Teddy Bruschi, a 13-year Patriot, in other words, 4,475 days he spent with the organization, said he was wrong. The Patriots have a lot of fun, which they do because winning is fun. When I play sports and when most people play sports, winning is the number one goal and having fun is secondary. And the best way I can put it is when I go to my local rec center or, or YMCA as other places have, we go to number one win in order to have fun because we want to keep playing basketball. And the only way to keep playing basketball having fun is to win. So by default, winning comes first. In order to win, we all have to do our job. You can't do your job and win a game. And I don't know about you guys, but I really don't like losing at all. And what fun makes you do, it makes you lose. And you know what being loose does? It makes you throw the ball on the one. Remember Pete Carroll, he threw the ball on the one? How'd that work out for him? He's a loose coach, players coach. Everybody loves talking about him. The locker room is really talks about politics and everything. It talks about everything. Uh, it makes you run the world's worst trick player. Remember the Colts? Chuck Pagano. Fun guy, players coach, ran the worst trick play I've ever seen in my life. 28-3, the Falcons, they were having a lot of fun. They were having, they was talking a lot of trash and, and just jumping around, having a good old time. That's what fun will do to you. Remember Green Bay versus Seattle? Green Bay, Morgan Burnett, interception, five minutes left. Instead of taking the extra 15 to 30 yards he could have had, he slid. He celebrated. He wanted to have fun. And uh, I'm a Packers fan. That still hurts. I remember that like it was yesterday. I, uh, me as a fan thought the game was over. And the players thought the game was over. It was time to have fun. We're going to the Super Bowl. Guess what? You blew it. The onside kick. Getting burned in overtime down the field. That's what fun makes you do. And in order to have fun, you need to win first. You actually need to accomplish something. And that's what the Patriots have done five times and have won the AFC eight times. And what I was brought up on is fun is for after the game. The locker room celebration, the ring ceremony, the parade, all that's after the game. I don't like losing. Excuse me. I don't like losing. I've never had fun while losing or after a loss. And as embarrassing as this may sound, in any organized event like AAU, when I was younger, county basketball, high school lacrosse football, I cried after a loss. Not like on the floor, balled out, you know, just couldn't control myself, but it hurts to lose because it's not fun. You can't have fun while losing. As far as that's from my perspective, it isn't. And ironically, no, no pun intended. But anyway, the New England Patriots win because they have fun. Players go to New England to win, i.e., have fun, be on that parade bus, celebrate, get those rings, get that bonus, and. Being loose doesn't get you to the ultimate goal. Seattle should be a dynasty. But guess what? They're loose. They're not a dynasty. Green Bay, 
should have more than one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Got complacent. Started letting guys like Casey Hayward walk. Let everybody just go. Micah Hyde, bye. We don't need you. Let him walk. Our most versatile back, defensive back, let him walk. Who cares? Yeah, the price tag is hefty, but it worked out for Buffalo. They're in the Super I mean, excuse me, they were in the playoffs this year. They, they what was the last time, 1999? Micah Hyde, whether you want to admit it or not, had a lot to do with that. Casey Hayward, the best cornerback in, in, in football. Look at Pro Football Focus, they'll tell you. Could have had him. $825,000 base salary. Too much. Too much. You know, you can't put a price tag on winning and winning. And that's a whole different argument for a different day. But winning is ultimately the best way to have fun because winning cures everything. Cleveland, we're going to talk about ironically in a second. Cleveland, when they were winning, everything was all well. But when they started losing, Isaiah Thomas starts pointing the fingers at the wrong person. The locker room becomes toxic. They had to trade all of these guys away because it was so toxic in the locker room because of what? Losing. When they were winning, you didn't hear anything about this. When they were losing, LeBron's on the bench, disengaged. It was almost like they were trying to be bad at the game of basketball. Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, George Hill, and, 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 and Rodney Hood come in. They're energized. Winning. <laughs> you, you wouldn't think Cleveland was third in the East. You'd think they were first. The way they beat up on Boston. My Celtics. And let's just go over and start talking about Cleveland since we're here. Are they favorites again? The Cleveland Cavaliers, let's, let's just be real. They made big-time moves. Kobe Altman, I, I have mixed feelings about him. The way he was acting really unethical during the Boston Kyrie trade. And we're not going to get into that. I already got into that. But they made a few big moves. They acquired Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, Rodney Hood, and George Hill, who combined for 49 points in their blowout win over the Boston Celtics. That's impressive, but that's one game. Let's not overreact. I'll say this. The Cleveland Cavaliers are back in my top two because I was close to putting Toronto ahead of them. Yeah, the Chokers in Toronto. I was getting ready to put ahead of Cleveland and having Toronto and Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. But the new-look Cavs, they they got to be ahead of the Raptors. Not so much the Celtics. They're still my favorite. But Cleveland shedded a lot of dead weight. Jay Crowder, IT, we'll talk about them in just a second. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again one more time. Shannon Fry, he didn't offer anything other than an expiring contract. And Dwayne Wade, who provides that winning IQ and, and knows what it takes to win. But he wasn't going to play. Rodney Hood, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, he wasn't going to play. So they gave him the opportunity to go back to Miami for a heavily protected 2024 pick. And I think they did the right thing by letting him go. And it, it was the right decision. But let's hit on this Isaiah Thomas thing again. I did it last week. I'll do it again. And let's hit on this idea. Isaiah Thomas is one of the more harder players to judge in recent NBA history. As a Celtics fan, I love the guy. But Isaiah Thomas is nothing more than a 15-point-per-game guy. He could serve as a scoring punch off the bench. We'll get you a couple of starts here and there. And allow me to elaborate. Isaiah Thomas has played for four different teams, five now, but we're going to focus on the four teams he's played, you know, at least a half a season for. In three seasons in Sacramento, he averaged 15.3 points per game. In one season in Phoenix, 15.2. In one season or half season in Cleveland, 14.9. That's what he is. We can't count the outlier seasons in Brad Stevens' system where he became a 24.7 point per game guy and a guy that almost averaged 30 last year, 28.9. But he was a beneficiary of Brad Stevens' system, and that's going to turn a lot of teams off in the future doing business with, number one, Danny Ainge. He seems to just pull the wool over everyone's head 
He did it to Brooklyn. He did it to a lot of teams throughout history. He really did it to Cleveland. Turned Isaac Kyrie Irving into Jordan Clarkson. So, I, you know, that's going to be hard to deal with. Brad Stevens has elevated everyone. Jay Crowder was averaging 3.9 points per game when he was traded to the Boston Celtics and had never averaged more than 7.7 points per game in Dallas. Comes to Boston, two seasons, 14-point-per-game guy in both years. He became a centerpiece, a big part of the deal in the Kyrie Irving trade. Isaiah Thomas, Ante Zizic, the Brooklyn pick. We want Jay Crowder. We want that two-way guy. Cleveland made it a point to get him. They got him. And he didn't produce. He was in Cleveland, averaging back under 10 points per game and 8.9 points per game. Isaiah Thomas, as a lot of other players, have been elevated by Brad Stevens' excuse me, system, and that's the truth. And Isaiah Thomas was counting on, was counting on getting a big deal this offseason, and he lost over $100 million in one summer, and here's why. It's the year corrections, people. The stock market, the Dow Jones and NASDAQ took a tumble Two of them, 2,000 point dives last week because it needed to correct itself. The market was wild. Everything was overpriced. It needed to correct itself. The MLB is going through a correction of its own. A lot of bad contracts have been given out, and owners are like, we're not doing that anymore. For what? And now the NBA is going to go through one a lot sooner than obviously the stock market and the MLB did. They're going through one just a few years after the salary cap rose. In that offseason, saw Solomon Hill and Ian Mahimi get paid like NFL defensive ends who are stars. Not just general, star defensive ends. Ian Mahimi got a four-year $64 million from the Wizards, who really take after the neighbors in D.C. when it comes to spending money. Uh, Solomon Hill got a four-year $48 million deal from the Pelicans, and guess what? It's time for the Dow Jones to take a tumble, and this free agency class will pay the price. Draft picks are valued more than ever, especially in the first round, in this week of a class. Last year's class was all-time, and say what you want, I bet everything I had on it. Made a YouTube about it two years ago. Caught a lot of flack. A lot of guys said, you're just hyping it up, you don't know anything, blah, 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 blah. Don't care. It became true. And that's the fun part about doing this. Predictions. You might be wrong, you might be right, don't really care. As long as you make a prediction and it's backed by some sort of facts, I, it's, have fun. But this class may have five or six guys tops. Trey Young, Michael Porter, Luka Donis, DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley. There's not much else. If I have a late first round pick on draft night, I'm looking to get rid of it for proven talent because there's nothing here. There's nothing in this draft class that outside the top seven anyone would want. Last year, that's when draft picks should have been most valued. But no, the market hadn't been corrected yet. And now NBA teams realize we don't have cap space and we don't have talent. How did we get in this? Overspending. Trying to meet that cap floor. Teams that have done a good job of avoiding the cap floor is the Philadelphia 76ers, the Phoenix Suns. They've had some bad contracts that they got off and took on. They've managed it really well. Some teams that haven't managed well, the Dallas Mavericks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they're going to pay the price for it. And now to end the show off with rapid news, it's a, in, it's a new segment I've added into the show where we'll go over a couple of topics. And how I feel about it. Number one, the Colts hire Mark Rick after Josh McDaniels pulls the sleazy move backing out of the deal to remain the offensive coordinator in New England and pretty much ruined any chance he had of being a head coach anywhere else other than New England, which I think he was promised anyway. This is why he did it. The Colts still get a great hire despite it being really late in the coaching carousel. Number two, Donovan Mitchell 
leads the Jazz to their 10th straight victory. And that guy is third on my rookie of the year, only behind Ben Simmons and Jason Tatum. But that guy can ball, and he's carrying a team in the Western Conference, which I feel is a little overrated, but he's carrying them to a fifth seed right now. The Colts, in addition to getting Mark Rick, hired Chargers wide receiver coach Nick Sirianni as their offensive coordinator. The Redskins safety Sewell Cravens applies for reinstatement in the NFL. I'm not a big fan of the guy. He's kind of a flake to me like Derrick Rose without the MVP season and potential. He, he thinks about quitting too much for me, and I, I'm just not big on him. I don't know if he's coming back for the money or because he loves football. Johnny Menzel, speaking of another guy, wants another shot in the NFL after recently admitting to being bipolar, which will hinder, hinder any chance, in my opinion, of him coming back relatively soon. And But there's reports of him being sober, he's partying less, so I'm rooting for the guy just like Stewart. I just wouldn't sign either of them. LeVar Ball said that, Lazo, that excuse me, Lonzo Ball in two to three years, will not resign with the Lakers unless LaMelo and LiAngelo Ball come with him. And that's not how it works. Lonzo Ball, number one, will be a restricted free agent, meaning the Lakers will have all of his rights. And if he really wants to push this thing, Lonzo and all his kids will not be in the NBA. Lonzo is not that good to make that sort of ultimatum. And to end it off, Larry Fitzgerald wins the Peeble Beach Pro-Am, which is a golf tournament that included other stars like Aaron Rodgers. And it seemed like a fun event to go to, but... Obviously, I'm not anywhere near there. And this has been the From My Perspective podcast. I hope you enjoyed.